Welcome to our class on Chassidus. This week we're learning a beautiful Chassidic discourse from the Rebbe. The name of the Chassidic discourse is called the Chol Adam. The Rebbe said this Chassidic discourse, Shabbos Parshas Hazinu, which was Shabbos Tshuva, in the year Tavshin Chav Gimel, 59 years ago. The Rebbe went, to, went on to certify and edit this Chassidic discourse in honor of Bav Tishrei, in the year Tuf Shin Nun Alat, the sixth day of the month of Tishrei, exactly 31 years ago. So again, the Chassidic Discourse is based on the verse in the Torah, where it references to Yom Kippur, where it says, Adam lo No human being, Adam, no Adam should be in the tent of meeting, when the high priest comes to create atonement for the Jewish people. So the Rebbe brings in Talmud Yerushalmi, and the Talmud Yerushalmi says as follows, even when the verse says Adam, so obviously Adam is mankind, but the Talmud Yerushalmi says that even someone, when the prophets it says, the prophet Ezekiel, that Udmus Pneim Pnei Adam, that there was the image of the angels, had the, had the image of a, an Adam of a human being, so even angels were not able to be in the Holy of Holies when the high priest came to atone for the Jewish people on Yom Kippur. So the Rebbe brings from the Rebbe that Semach Tzedek, the third Chabad Rebbe, on a Chassidic discourse on this verse, B'chal Adam and he explains as follows, that the revelation that was brought down, drawn down, um, uh, when, the, when the high priest went into the Holy of Holies, is a such a high level, it's a level which is called in Hebrew, and I'll explain it, above Yishtalshalus. In other words, we know the way the, the way the light of Hashem comes into the worlds. And it obviously goes down from level to level. So you have the highest level, the lower level, different levels. But what happened was when the high priest went into the temple to ask for atonement for the Jewish people, what he was able to draw down was a light which is even higher than the highest levels of this world. A, a revelation of above Ishtalshalos. And like the Rebbe Tzadok brings the Medrash, the Medrash says... Based on the verse, with this, Aaron entered. So the Medrash says, with what merit did Aaron go into the Holy of Holies? That he should ask for forgiveness of the Jewish people. And the Medrash says that he went in with the merit of circumcision. Why? Because we know circumcision is given on the eighth day. And we know eight is above nature. So therefore, because he went in with the merit of circumcision, which was given on the eighth day above nature, he was able to draw down the energy from the above nature to, to create um, atonement for the Jewish people. And like the Medrash says, based on the verse where it says, Soyed Hashem li Reyav, the secret of Hashem, the secret of God is for those that are in awe of Hashem. So the question is, what is Soyed Hashem? What is the secret? We all want to know what the secret is. And the Medrash says, Soyed is referring to Mila, circumcision. In other words, you see that um, circumcision is connected to the secret of Hashem. Why? Because the revelation that we have in this world, that come anything from the world of, of from Hishtalshlas, from one level to the next level, anything within the, within the worlds, that comes from the revealed part of Hashem. But on the other hand, the revelation that comes through circumcision comes from the concealed part of Hashem, and that's why it's called Soyd Hashem. The secret of Hashem. Because Said means something which is hidden and something which is concealed. So what happened when the high priest went into the Holy of Holies, 
He was able to draw down from the level of Soyid Hashem, above Ishtar and from the secret of Hashem. And therefore, because the high priest went in and he was drawing in from above Ishtar and from the secret of Hashem, no one was allowed to be there. Not, not even someone that had the image of a, of, of, a, of a human being. Even an angel couldn't go in there. Why? Because when it comes to such a powerful relation, of a relation above Ishtar of a relation of the secret of Hashem, even an angel that have the image of an Adam, very, very high level, were not able to be there to, to um, internalize and accept that powerful revelation. So, so far the Rebbe brings a teaching from the Son of Tzedek. So based on this, the Rebbe asks a very simple question. What are we saying? That when the high priest went into the Holy of Holies, so in the merit of the circumcision, which was given on the eighth day, that's when he was able to go in and receive this powerful energy, the powerful blessing of the Holy of Holies, which is above Ishtalshalas. In other words, the Holy of Holies is connected to above Ishtalshalas. Because he was connected through circumcision, he had the right to go in. In other words, so the question is like this, the Holy of Holies is holy. And in the Holy of Holies, you had the powerful above Ishtalshalas, because it's the Holy of Holies. And as it wasn't because the high priest went in, that's what caused the Holy of Holies to be so powerful. As a matter of fact, he needed some kind of um, gift that he was able to go in there, and that's because of the circumcision. So, if that's the case, if the Holy of Holies is so holy, and the high priest needed the circumcision, so why do we say that no one was allowed to be there even someone that had the image of, of, of Pnei Adam is only when the high priest went in there on the Holy of Holies to, 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 to ask for atonement to the Jewish healing Yom Kippur. They can never go in there. Why is it associated specifically when the Kohen God was going in for Yom Kippur? So obviously, since the Torah says no one can be there when the Kohen God is there, obviously you must say that the revelation that gets drawn down by the high priest going into the Holy of Holies in Yom Kippur, it must be higher than the regular relation that takes place in the Holy of Holies throughout the year. So as they're ever saying, it's like this. There's no question, obviously the Holy of Holies is very, very holy, and it's very powerful, and there's high revelations, etc. But since we say specifically when he went, the Kohen God went into pray for the Jewish people, no one was able to go in, there must be something very powerful that took place then. And the question is, what is that? Rebbe says we're going to understand this based on what is explained in the Hasidic discourse in reference to the whole idea of tshuva. Tshuva is what we do on, on Yom Kippur, we do throughout the year as well. Tshuva is when we return to Hashem. What is tshuva? So tshuva, it's brought down in, in Kabbalah and in Hasidus, that tshuva is the level of Shmini, the level of eight. And we know eight is above Ishtalshalas. Seven is nature, and eight is above nature. So tshuva, when a person repents, you're connecting to above nature. And as we know, the Talmud says that the, the tremendous power of tshuva, that when someone does tshuva, someone repents, you literally bring healing to the world. And as we know, the Talmud also says that if you look at the in the in the um, uh, Shmona Esrei, the eighteen blessings, so we have the first three blessings, and then we go on to different blessings after the first three. We have full 18 blessings. Obviously now today it's 19. But which blessing is the eighth blessing? So the eighth blessing is the blessing of healing. And the, so 
why so the question is why is the blessing of healing uh, the talmud says on the in, in the eighth blessing is so it says it's just like circumcision that was given on the eighth which is above above ishtalshalos that's the same reason why healing is eight above ishtalshalos now again to be clear we have a blessing the fifth blessing in the shmon esrei which is for repentance that's regular repentance but then there's a whole different level of repentance that brings healing to the world. So the level of repentance that brings healing to the world, that is in the level of eight above Ashtashlis. And that's what the Talmud says, that the healing that, that, that comes from repentance is on the same level of circumcision, which is above Ashtashlis. And the Medrash goes on to say, that's why the seven days before Yom Kippur, so the, the high priest was taken out of his house, and for seven days he prepared himself for the Avodah, for the work of Yom Kippur. Now why seven days? Why not one, two, three, twenty? Why seven? And the answer is because seven is nature. So he had to prepare himself everything he could do in the laws of nature for seven days. Comes Yom Kippur, the eighth day, after he went through the process of the seven days, then he reached the level of Lamailam Hishtalshus. So you see so far you have circumcision eight, you see, tshuva, repentance that brings to atonement is eight. And you see the high priest going in in Kippur comes after seven days is also connected to eight. Kippur goes a step further. And that's why also when, um, one of the services on the temple on Yom Kippur was that they would do eight sprinklings on the altar. And if you say it in the prayers, achas one on high, and shevelamata and seven below. So one and seven is eight. So you see again, you have the component of eight connected to Yom Kippur. Now, here we go a step further. So when you sprinkle, they said, we said one was on high and seven was on below. So one on high, that's the level of Acha Shoalti, like we say in Psalms. There's one thing I ask for Hashem, the oneness of Hashem. And also Achas Hiyayinasi, one is the dove, which is obviously referring to a very, very high Kabbalistic level of one. So so you see from here clearly that in the um, eight, which is connected to above Ishtashlos, above nature, there's many, many levels. In other words, there were recaps. The first level we discussed was the eight of circumcision. Circumcision we know is in the eighth day, and that's above Ishtashlos. And the same thing also connected to the circumcision. The fact that the Koyin, the whole, the priest, the high priest went into the Holy of Holies on Yom Kippur, he went in in the merit of circumcision, which is above Ishtashlos. So that's the first thing of eight, above Ishtalshlis, with reference to circumcision. Then you have um, the, se- the second idea of eight, which is repentance, tshuva, which tshuva, rep- and we're going from, from, from lower to higher. So the lowest level in above Ishtalshlis is circumcision. The second level is the eight of repentance, which is higher than actually circumcision. Why? Because circumcision is a commandment. God commanded us to circumcise. Repentance, which actually atones when you transgress Torah and mitzvahs. So obviously if it's able to fix a transgression of Torah and mitzvahs, it must be higher than Torah and mitzvahs. So again, so the first is circumcision, eight, but that's a mitzvah. Then you have repentance, which is obviously higher than mitzvahs because it fixes mitzvahs. That's the second level, eight above Ishtalos. Then you have eight of Yom Kippur, um, and as we know that the, the, the repentance of Yom Kippur is higher than the repentance of the whole year. 
So the, the second level was regular repentance. Now we're talking about the repentance of Yom Kippur, which is higher than the repentance of a whole year. And it's even higher, and Yom Kippur is higher than the repentance of the 10 days of tshuva. And that's why we know that Yom Kippur is a time for tshuva for everybody. So that's the third level of eight. Circumcision, regular tshuva throughout the year, and tshuva on Yom Kippur. And then you had even a fourth level, a deeper level, on Yom Kippur itself. When they did the eight sprinklings in the, in the, in the, in the Holy of Holies, one on, on high and seven below, that what happens over there is that the one is before the seven. So that's a whole different level in eight. So, I know it's to recap, before we go forward, because before, before, before we go further, because it's very deep and very, it's going to get a little, uh, I wouldn't say complicated, but challenging to hold on. So again, so we're dealing with the level of eight, above Ishtalshalos, circumcision, regular repentance throughout the year, repentance on Yom Kippur, and the specific service in the Holy of Holies, one and one when they sprinkled one on top and one below. So Rebbe goes on to say as follows, that the eight, referring to Yom Kippur, which comes after the seven days of preparation, so obviously you're bringing in above Ishtalshalos, but what is, it, what is it connected to? It's connected to the, the preparation of seven days. And seven is Ishtalshalos. Seven is nature. Now, since what, what causes Yom Kippur to reach the eighth, it came from seven days of preparation of nature. So obviously it has a connection to nature. It is above nature, but it's connected to nature. It's inspired by nature. It's prepared by nature. On the other hand, when it comes to the highest level, you sprinkled one on high and seven on low. Uh, the one on high, you're going straight to above nature. It's not prepared by the seven. The seven actually comes afterwards. So when you sprinkle one on high, that's the revelation of totally above nature, which has no connection to nature. But afterwards, it goes Shavalamata, because after you have this high level of one and high, above nature, you bring it down into nature. So based on this, the Rebbe explains, now we'll understand why no one can be in the, t- in the temple when the high priest came to cause atonement for the Jewish people. Why? Because what took place in the Holy of Holies, and as you had the highest level of above nature, it wasn't circumcision, it wasn't repentance in the whole year, it wasn't just the repentance on your kipper, it was the service in the Holy of Holies, one on high, which is directly to above nature, which is not connected to nature, and from there came down to infuse nature with above nature. <clears throat> so it's the highest, it's, it's the, high, the highest level. In other words, it's higher than all the levels before. So therefore, when you're dealing with the, the levels before, for example, when, whether it's circumcision or it's the truva from the whole year, or you're dealing with the, the regular the service of, of, of Yom Kippur, but it has a connect into, connection to the world. So someone can technically still be in the temple, in, in, into the Holy of Holies. However, when you have the service of the high priest in Yom Kippur in the Holy of Holies, and you're getting from above Ishtalshalos, the one above Ishtalshalos, which has no connection to the world, once it's so powerful, even somebody, an angel that has the image of an Adam, cannot be there because it's so so powerful. So again, so just to recap before we go, we go further. So so far we learned what happens in Yom Kippur in the Holy of Holies is above Ishtalshalos, and we learned there's four levels above nature: circumcision, which is a mitzvah in the Torah; tshuva, which is higher because you're able to fix a, fix a mitzvah. 
Then you had Yom Kippur, which is eight, the eighth day after the seven day operation, so it's eight, it's above nature, but it's connected to it. And then you have the highest level, one above seven, when he did the actual work in the Holy of Holies, and that's strictly above nature. And because that's the highest level, it's totally above nature, no one, uh, no person could be in there. And no one that has any kind of existence can be in there. So we're dealing obviously with the highest levels. Now that I was going to explain this more deeper and more profoundly, he says as follows. So the Rebbe says, we know, it says in the Torah, in reference to the mitzvah of tshuva, the mitzvah of repentance, the mitzvah of returning to Hashem. So it says as follows in Deuteronomy. Ki mitzvah hazais, because this commandment, asher anoichi metzavcha, that I, anoichi, anoichi, that Hashem himself is commanding you, and the, the Rebbe brings from the Kutu Torah, from the Alta Rebbe, and he says, yes, one second, all the mitzvahs, Hashem is commanding us. Because when it comes to truth, it says this mitzvah that I'm commanding you. All the mitzvahs Hashem is commanding you. But the, but, but but so how come specifically when it's by this mitzvah it says that I'm commanding you? So the Rebbe is explaining it because when it's referring to, when it comes to tshuva, when it comes to repentance, when it comes to returning to Hashem, anoichi mitzavcha. What does anoichi mean? Anoichi misha anoichi. I am who I am, which is above yudkei vavkei, above the infinite name of Hashem. What does that mean? When it comes to tshuva, it's not only Yudkei Vavke, it's Anoichi. Hashem himself is commanding. It's the essence of Hashem is commanding, returning. When it comes to the mitzvah to return to Hashem, when it comes to returning to Hashem, it's not Yudkei Vavke, it's Anoichi, the essence of Hashem. What does that mean? The Rebbe is going to explain. <clears throat> what is the whole reason why God gave us commandments? What's the purpose of the mitzvot? The purpose is so that we can draw in Yudkei the infinite name of Hashem in the world. That means any time we do a mitzvah, whether it's the 248 positive commandments, or we refrain from transgressing one of the 365 negative commandments, totality 613 commandments, we are drawing in Yudkei the infinite power and the infinite light of Hashem into this world. Why is that? Because when Hashem created the world, when God created the world, He created the world, it says in the beginning of Genesis, Bereish is Elokim. God created the world with the shame Elohim. Elohim, we know, the numerical value for Elohim is the numerical value is Hateva. It equals the same numerical value as the nature. In other words, so when Hashem created the world, what do we see? We see a world, a natural world. We don't see God is not revealed in the world. But when a person does a mitzvah, when you do what Hashem asks you to do, then you draw into the concealed world the natural world, the teva of the world, you draw in Yudkei Bavkei, which is above nature. Now, when you draw in Yudkei Bavkei into the world, what's the process? How does it work? You, we are doing the mitzvahs. We, humans do the mitzvahs. So the revelation, the main revelation of Yudkei Bavkei that comes into the world, comes into the person that does the mitzvah, and through the person, you have the revelation of Yudkei Bavkei in the world. So every time a mitzvah does, is not done abstract, a person does a mitzvah. You're keeping kosher, you're putting on filling, you're giving charity. So when you do it, you're drawing in Yudkei Bavkei, the infinite light of Hashem to yourself. And then from you, it goes into the world. And that's why the first commandment in the Torah says, Anoichi Hashem Elokecha. In other words, what is Hashem saying? The purpose of the commandments is, that was given to us in Matan Torah, Shahavaya Yiyah 
The goal is that Hashem should be your God. That Yud Kei should be part of your life. Now, so the question is one second. The whole God, when He originally created the world, He created with Elohim, Teva. That means you look around the world, what do you see? You see nature. Hashem gave us mitzvahs to draw Yud Kei within ourselves, and from with us it goes into the world. So we're bringing in Yud Kei into the world. The Rebbe asked one second, how is it possible that mitzvahs could bring in Yud Kei to the world? If Hashem created the nature of the world, that's from Shem Elohim, which means, and Hashem does a good job, that means godliness is concealed and hidden, and Yud Kei is concealed, how could we go ahead and reveal it? Like, Hashem made the world, Elohim created the world, which means concealment is reality. So what does Hashem say? You're going to do a mitzvah, you're going to bring in Yud Kei How can we do it? You blocked it. You put up a firewall. Elohim, the whole, the nature of the world is Elohim. How can we bring godliness into the world? And Rebbe explains very, very simple. Because the intent of the concealment of Shem Elohim that the world should be concealed from the beginning. In other words, the intent of the concealment from the beginning, the plan was, <clears throat> right when Hashem made the concealment, it's almost like He made a deal that through Torah and mitzvahs, Yud Kei could, could penetrate to the world. So it was, it was, in other words, on one hand, Hashem created the world with Shem Elohim, nature, and therefore what you see is what you get, nature. But within nature, Hashem made it so within the fiber of nature that Yudke Vavke will be revealed by doing mitzvahs. So Yudke, the world is ready. Anytime we do the mitzvah, we're drawing in Yudke Vavke and Elohim will not block it. If you try to bring it another way, it's not going to work. And that's the problem with klipot, etc. We're not going to go uh, talk about negative stuff. But when you do the mitzvahs, you bring in Yudke Vavke and, and, and Elohim doesn't block it. And like the 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 Rebbe quotes from the uh, 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 prophets, where it says as follows: Asher also Elokim es Adam Yashar. God made Asher also Elokim. Elokim made es Adam the person Yashar. What does Yashar mean? Straight. In other words, and he explains the, the verse very simply: Asher also Elokim, which means that the intent when Hashem created the world with Shem Elokim, Elokim also was that that um that, that the per that the human beings by doing mitzvahs were able to draw down yashar as it, as it says in psalms what does yashar mean that the top and the bottom is lined up so in other words hashem when he originally created the world he created the world in what kind of way that by doing mitzvahs we can realign that Yudke Bavke, just like it's revealed on high, it will be revealed down below by doing a mitzvah, even though Elohim is there. And that's what the verse says. Yeah, God made the world with concealment, but as Adam Yasha, the man has power through doing mitzvahs to reveal Yudke Bavke into the world. However, as it says in Kohelet, when we looked for money, for many, many different, uh, you know, excuses and reasons and arguments, etc. Which again, all these calculations we made, which were opposite of the intent of Hashem. So what happens then is we didn't do our part. We didn't do our mitzvahs. We didn't draw in Yudkei Bavkei in the world. So what happens now is we didn't do our part. We didn't need to do the mitzvah. We actually did the opposite. 
So now, in order to go ahead and bring back Yud Kei into the world, into uh, into humans and into the world, so then you have to go. It's not enough just to bring Yud Kei into the world because you you got a little the sidetrack. We went on a detour. So then we have to bring in from Anoichi. We have to bring in not only from Yud Kei We have to reach to the essence of Hashem. Why Anoichi? Because Anoichi is higher than Yud Kei Yud Kei is a name of Hashem. It's powerful, but it's only a name. I mean, it's only it's a name, but it's a powerful name, but it's still only a name. Anoichi is the essence of Hashem. So what happens when a person goes ahead and goes off, veers off, and you come back and you do tshuva, so through tshuva you're able to reach a place which is higher than mitzvahs. So in other words, like this. When a person does a mitzvah, you're drawing him from Yudke Bavke into the world. What when a person transgresses, doesn't do the mitzvah, or does the opposite of the mitzvah, now you want to bring back Yudke Bavke in the world, it's not going to work. Because you already you messed up the, you messed up the flow of traffic, so then you have to do reach do tshuva, and then you reach the level from anoichi and from anoichi. Tshuva has the power to reach anoichi, and from anoichi you bring the ungodliness into the world. And like the like the test in the Torah, tshuva Yisrael, return the Jewish people, ad hafbaya lekecha till Yudkei becomes your God. Why? Because you sinned. In other words, in order for Yudkei Bavke should be your God, after you sinned, it's not enough just doing mitzvahs. But you have to do Shuva Yisrael, you have to return to the Anoichi and bring down from the Anoichi. So what do you see from here? That when it comes to Tshuva, Tshuva has the power to bring in not only Yud Kei into the world, but the Anoichi of Hashem. And through the Anoichi we bring back Yud Kei in the world, obviously what? When we mess up and we don't do things we were supposed to. In other words, like this. And now that I was going to explain it more specific and more in detail. The Rebbe brings here a famous um, teaching from the Talmud. The Talmud says as follows. Famous teaching is something which um, I'm sure we learned before. If we learned it, it's a review, and if not, it'll be for the first time. But it's an important teaching in reference to Ritshuva, repentance, repentance. So what happened was like this. They came along and they went to Chachma. They went to intellect, Mr. and Mrs. Intellect. And they said, somebody sinned, the soul that sins. How do you get atonement? You know, someone sinned, they went against Hashem. How do you get atonement? Comes along intellect, and the intellect says, guess what? You sinned? You want to be atoned. Again, the question was, you sinned and you want to have atonement. You want, the, you want to be atoned for the sinning. So intellect says, the person that sinned, put to death. Death penalty. That's what intellect says. They came to Nevuah, to prophecy, and they said, what do we do with someone that sinned? They want atonement. So prophecy said, you know what? Someone sinned? They should unfortunately have a lot of negative things happen to them. Pain, suffering, etc. That's what prophecy said. They came to Torah. They said, Torah, what do we do with someone that sinned? So Torah says, oh, someone that sinned. Let them do tshuva. And in order to have full atonement, they should bring a, a sacrifice. And then they'll be atoned. Then they came to Hashem. And they said, Hashem, someone sinned. How do you have atonement? Hashem says very simple. Do tshuva, return, and you're atoned. And so again, to recap, the Talmud says, they asked intellect, someone that sinned, how do you have atonement? Death. Prophecy, someone that sinned, how do you have atonement? Pain and suffering. A Torah, what do you, how do you have atonement? Tshuva, you have to repent, and you have to bring a sacrifice. Come to Hashem, the loving God, just repent, and you're good. 
and uh, and the and the and the, and the, the Talmud brings a verse. The verse says as follows: Toi v'yosher havaya, good and righteous as Yud Kevavkei, al Kain. A verse in the Psalms. Al Kain, therefore, Yoyre chatoim baderach. He shows the sinner the right path. That's the verse that proves that Hashem says, you did something wrong, Hashem is good, Hashem is straight, and that shows you the right path to come back and return to Hashem. Now, so the Rebbe explains as follows. It's possible to say, why did intellect say that the way to atone is through death? Why? Because the Rebbe explains, because the truth is, Chachma is also connected to the light which is higher than the world. What, what does that mean? Because if you think about the light that comes into the world, the light that comes into the world is really connected to the world. Now, so if you're dealing with the light that comes into the world, and you come to the light that comes into the world, and you say, someone, someone sinned. Someone sinned? You know, you went against the intention of creation? Well, how can you even have atonement? You went ahead and you sinned. Let's say you broke something. How are you going to re- put it back together? How can you have atonement? Comes along Chachma, which Chachma is really a, l- a little at- above the world. We can find some atonement. What's the atonement? Okay, so the, the Chachma says, yeah, death will atone. So it does fix it, but unfortunately it's through death. How, how can Chachma say it? If the world says, what do you mean, you, you sin, how do you atone? Because Chachma is above the world. Now, even though the Rebbe says, even though we're referring to Chachma here, we're referring to the lower level Chachma, the way Chachma comes into Malchus, but nevertheless, even when Chachma comes into Malchus, Chachma is still considered, uh, has its head above the water. However, Chachma says, listen, you want atonement. You want atonement. You want it to be cleaned up? That's what, that's what death is going to do it. Why? Because by death, the soul leaves the body, and that's how we can atone, the how we can atone the soul. And Rebbe goes a step further and he says, and from an intellectual perspective, a, a, even a, a Chachma perspective, it's called Midah Keneged Midah, measure for measure. Why? Because what's the whole idea of mitzvahs? God gave us mitzvahs. The purpose of mitzvahs, like we already learned before, is to bring Yud Kei into the world, Elohim, to bring in, the, reveal Yud, the infinite part of Hashem where God is concealed. Why? Because Elohim is the source for vessels. Which is like the body. The light is like the 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 the, the soul, which gives the which gives the, which gives the soul with the body its life force. Now, when a person sins, so you miss the opportunity for Yud Kevavke to come and tell the Kim. You miss the opportunity for the soul to lighten up the body. So therefore, what's the punishment? And that's gonna be the atonement. It's not a punishment to hurt you. That's the atonement. So take the soul out of the body. Mida Kanagamida. And it was measure for measure. Your job was to bring light into the world. You didn't bring light into the world. Okay, so now it's time to leave the world. And that will be your atonement. That's from a, a, the, the, the Kabbalistic explanation why Chachma's position is that the way to achieve atonement is through death. On the other hand, comes along prophecy. Now prophecy, the Rebbe says in the Sfirot, it's the sphere of Netzach and Hoid, which is higher than Chachma. The lower level of Chachma. The lower level of Chachma. So Netzach from a higher level, so even though Netzach is generally lower than Chachma, we're talking about Netzach where it's higher than Chachma Tata. 
So comes along next to says, guess what? You want to have atonement? Okay, you, you didn't bring godliness into the world. So you have to go through some pain and suffering. That's prophecy. Comes along the revolutionary idea of Torah. And how much more so God's answer, no. You did something wrong, you want atonement, so Torah says, uh, do repent and bring a sacrifice. And you don't have to have any pain or suffering. And God says, just return and you don't need any pain or suffering. So in other words, the common denominator between Torah and Hashem is no death, no pain and suffering. Torah says, bring a sacrifice. And God says, just repent and you're good. What's the difference then between Torah and Hashem? In other words, <clears throat> when you bring, when, 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 according to Torah, you bring a sacrifice and you're atoned, it's also repentance. And the, the repentance is, is by, by the sacrifice. So the, the, the Rebbe, the Tzemach Tzedek, explains the difference between Torah, why it wants a sacrifice. And Hashem says, no, you need to have, you just prove us enough. Because Torah is also Chachma. But which Chachma? The Chachma of Hashem. So what happens is, because Torah is Chachma, and the Chachma of Hashem, powerful Chachma, the highest level Chachma, Chachma of Hashem. So when a person does Tshuva, when a person repents, so the thing that you did wrong, intentionally, gets elevated, it was done unintentionally. Torah can say, you know, you did it, I get it, there was a reason, you were upset, whatever, you weren't fit. Okay, it's, it wasn't intentionally, you had a weak moment, and we're going to consider it an unintentional sin. But the problem, you still have an unintentional sin. So it comes along, Torah and Torah says, you know what? You want it to wipe away the unintentional, bring a sacrifice. However, when you're dealing with Hashem, Hashem is already a, higher than Torah. Hashem is the one who gave the Torah. Hashem is higher than Torah. So Hashem says, repent, and you're atoned, and even the intentional sins, become actually a mitzvah. That's from the highest level. Now, <clears throat> so you see again four different levels. The level of intellect, which says, unfortunately, you have to be put on that if you want atonement. The level of prophecy, which is pain and suffering. The level of Torah, which means it takes the intentional, makes it unintentional, and if you need to bring a sacrifice to, make, to, to wipe away the unintentional. And the level of Hashem is that, no, you do tshuva, and the negative totally turns into something positive. Shreva says, based on what we learned before, that when a person does tshuva, what does it mean you're doing tshuva? You're reaching the infinite light above ishtalshalos. Tshuva goes above ishtalshalos. That's how tshuva works. And we learned this, this different levels we learned before. Jeremiah says, and you could say, that the reason why, that even according to Torah, tshuva helps to the point that what you did intentionally becomes unintentional. Why? Because even though Torah really is an ishtalshalos, it's chachma, it's chachma v'ashem. But nevertheless, the reason why Torah can say you're forgiven and, this, and, the, and the intentional becomes unintentional, because in Chachma of the Torah, you have in there the infinite light of above, above Chachma. And the same thing also, in reference to Torah, when Torah comes down into your emotions, Chesed, Gevura, and Tiferes, because we know Torah goes, um, is it in Chachma, it also goes down to Tiferes, which because it's the cap, it's the middle, the middle line, which uh, it goes all the way from Kesser down into uh, uh, to Das into Ferris. 
And we know Tiferes goes all the way up to Kesser. So Torah is connected to, to, the, to the emotions, Chesed Buri Tiferes, and Tiferes goes up to Kesser. Now, so Torah, so even though Torah is really Chachma, and it's also part of Tiferes, but since it reaches up to Kesser, so it's connected above a Shtal source, and therefore it can, it can perform atonement from the from Zdoinus, from intentional becomes unintentional. However, the light of above Ishtalshlus that creates atonement, which is in Torah, since it comes down into Ishtalshlus, I mean, it comes down into a natural order of Chachma of Hashem, Ferris of Hashem, so therefore it's limited. So therefore, the only power it has, it can turn Zdoinus into Shkogles, but that's it. It can only take from Zdoinus to Shkogles. It can only take it from intentional and make it unintentional. However, when it comes to Hashem's answer, what does Hashem say? Thus repent. Hashem is what? Oyrein Saif, the infinite light, which is above Ishtalshalus. And the way it's in the essence of Hashem. And the way it's in the essence of Hashem, which is totally higher than even having any relationship with, with, with the physical world. So when that, when you're connected to there, you're connected to a place where there's no limits. So therefore, when a person does tshuva, based on the response of Hashem, that does do tshuva, so the atonement takes place that even if you did something intentional, not only does it become uh, doesn't it not become does it become a shkaga like the Torah says, but it actually becomes a positive thing, and that's the power of tshuva because tshuva reaches to the utmost, the essence of Hashem, and once you reach the essence of Hashem, you're able to have the highest level of tshuva. And Rebbe goes on to say as follows: What's interesting is. What did we just learn? We learned there's four levels. There's intellect, says you have to be put to death, unfortunately, if you want atonement. You have prophecy, which says pain and suffering. You have Torah, which says, okay, it becomes from Zdonius so to have complete atonement, you need to have uh, bring a sacrifice. And then you have Hashem says, boom, just do, just repent. How do we know? that Hashem said, just repent. How do we know it? We know it through Torah. Torah reveals to us that Hashem said, just repent and you're totally forgiven. How, well, how is that? Because the truth is, we, as we learned before, Torah is, is, is part of the middle row of the Sfirot. From Kesser, Das, to Tiferes. So since Torah is in the middle one, so therefore, the source of Torah is in the essence of Hashem, which is higher from right, left, and center. Torah, on one hand, it's in the center. It's connected to the Shalshlus, Chachmatiferes. But its source is in Asmasarius life, which is above everything. Afterwards, it came down into the, into the middle one of uh, Kesser, Das, Tiferes, etc. In other words, so besides the fact that it has the light from above Ishtalshlus, the essence of Hashem, the way it comes down into the middle one of Chachma, Tiferes, etc. And that's why, it, because it comes down in Ishtalshlus, it can only create from intentional to intentional. But nevertheless, because it, its source is in the essence of infinite light of Hashem, so it's able to reveal the message of Hashem himself that a person should do tshuva and get atoned. So Torah has two components. Torah, the way it comes down to the world, can only affect one thing. Do bring, You did something wrong, bring a sacrifice. But Torah, the way it's connected to the source of Hashem, could share with us what Hashem said, do tshuva and you're atoned. 
In other words, this that Torah says that go ahead and bring a sacrifice and you'll be atoned. In other words, because through regular repentance you only get to the level of, of unintentional. That's the way Torah gets comes down into the middle path of Chachman Tiferes. But this that the answer from Hashem is do tshuva, repent, and you'll be atoned. That's part of the oral law, with the oral law source and the essence of Hashem, which is above any level of Ishtalshalas, totally off the charts. So based on this, the Rebbe explains something very powerful, and he says as follows. <clears throat> it's brought down in the Talmud, it says, Yovay Toiv, let Toiv come. Who's coming? Who's Toiv? So Talmud says, Toiv is Moshe Rabbeinu. So Yovay Toiv, someone's coming. His name is Toiv, that's Moshe Rabbeinu. The Yikabel Toiv, he's going to re- receive Toiv. What is he receiving? So again, Toiv, which is good, is referring to Torah. So Moshe Rabbeinu is coming, he's good. He's receiving Torah, which is good. He's receiving it made Torah from someone that's good. Who is that? HaKadosh Baruch How do we know Hashem is Torah? Not that we need a proof, but the Talmud says this. Because it says in the verse, Torah Hashem Lakoil. Hashem is good for everyone. Hashem is good to everybody. Hashem is good to everybody. <clears throat> and what should he do with the Torah? So someone we have, Moshe Rabbeinu comes, which is good. He receives Torah, which is the Torah. He receives from Toiv, which is Hashem, and he should give it lit Toivim to the good people. Who are that? The Jewish people. How do we know? Because the verse says in, in, in um, Psalms, Hey, Tiva Hashem Toivim. Hashem gave good to good people. So you have four levels of Toiv. Moshe Reino is good, the Torah is good, from Hashem, which is good, and to the Jewish people, which are good. So now they're asked the question. We know it says in the Talmud, in Tractate Sanhedrin, it tells us as follows. On one hand, the verse we just mentioned, One verse says, Hashem is good to everybody. On the other hand, there's another verse in the prophet that say, Hashem is good for those that trust in Him. So what does that mean? One hand was saying Hashem is good to everybody, and the other hand was saying Hashem is good to those that trust in Him. So it's not really everybody. So the Talmud says like this, it gives an example. Somebody has an orchard. When he's, when he's irrigating it, he irrigates it everywhere. So everyone gets irrigation. But what happens when he has to start protecting different uh, flowers and uh, branches, etc.? So he only protects the ones that are good. Like you go into an orchard, you see certain ones have strings around it, certain ones are protected. So when it comes watering, you water everything. When it comes to protecting, you only protect the, protect the good ones. What does that mean? So in other words, so when Hashem gave the Torah, He gave it to who? To Toivim. Who do we say? Who's the good ones? The Jewish people. So if that's the case, what verse does He use when He says He gave it to the Jewish people? It says, Toivim Hashem Lakoil, to everybody? Really? He didn't give it to everybody. He gave it to the Jewish people. So it should have used which verse? The verse that said, Toivim Hashem Lakoivim, that Hashem is good to people that, 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 that trust in Him, which is the Jewish people. How come He uses the verse of Toivim Hashem Lakoil? To take it a step further and a step deeper, we know what it says, Toiv Hashem Lakoil. Hashem is good to everybody. What does it mean he's good to everybody? So in Kabbalah it's called, it's Hashpachi Tzoynis. From an external giving, yeah, he's good to everybody. He gives everybody. Externally, he gives everybody the same. On the other hand, when the verse says, Toiv Hashem Lakoil, Hashem is good to those that trust in him, that's already Hashpach Pnimis. 
That's already an internal giving, a specific giving, a refined giving, a personalized giving. So if that's the case, you have to understand even more. Why? Because when it came to giving the Torah, that's not an external gift. Here's a, here's a Torah. That's a Hashvah Panimis. That's an internal gift. That's the gift that's Hashem's Torah. It's Hashem's intellect, Hashem's wisdom. Something you have to learn. It's a, it's a personal connection. So how come he uses the verse, Toiv Hashem He's good to everyone. He should have used again the verse, Toiv Hashem So the Rebbe explains and he says as follows. When it comes to tshuva, we learned before, what did we say? Toiv v'yasher Hashem. Hashem is good and straight. And over there when it says toiv, which verse is it referring to? Toiv Hashem l'koivav, those that trust in Him, or toiv Hashem l'koil? And we know over there it's referring to, which toiv? Toiv Hashem l'koil. When it comes to repentance, where it says toiv v'yasher Hashem, Hashem is good, He accepts the people that repent, who does He accept? Only the people that trust in Him. If the people that trust Him, they want to sin. So therefore, when it comes to tshuva, and it says, Toiv Hashem L'Kayel, Hashem is good to everyone, the ones that do tshuva, what are we referring to? We're referring to everyone that does tshuva. Not even the ones that trust in Hashem. Why? Because tshuva atones to people that literally rebelled against Hashem. So if you rebelled against Hashem, it's not Toiv Hashem L'Kayel, Toiv Hashem L'Kayel. When it comes to tshuva, it's L'Kayel, everybody can do tshuva. So therefore, the Torah says, you should receive the toy, the toy from Torah, and, and from the toy which are Hashem, and which verse are you use? Toy Hashem L'Koyal. Why? Because the good from Torah, what's the good from Torah? It's from the, it's the sources from Toy V'yashar Hashem, which is Toy Hashem L'Koyal. So now the is explaining very, very simple. When it comes to tshuva, who can do tshuva? Everybody. So that's why I use the term Toy Hashem L'Koyal. So therefore, when it comes to Torah, and Torah is also sourced in Torah Yosher Hashem, so therefore it's Torah Hashem L'Koyel. Everybody's connected to the Torah. Not only the ones that are following exactly, because Tshuva and Torah are connected. Now, now the Rebbe's going to go a step further and he's going to explain as follows. What did we just learn? Tshuva, when someone returns to Hashem and you get atonement, how do you get atonement? Because Hashem said, they asked Hashem, what happens if someone does true, if someone sins? So Hashem said, do repent and you're forgiven. So Hashem created that opening and that opportunity that when someone does tshuva, because Hashem said when you do tshuva, um, you're forgiven, you're forgiven. Where does that come from? It's not a logical thing. And especially we learned, intellect said death. Prophecy said pain and suffering. Torah said you have to bring a sacrifice. Who's saying just be accepted? Because it's above nature. It's coming straight from Hashem above nature. In other words, so the atonement through tshuva, it's not that Hashem says, okay, you sinned? All right, I'm going to wipe it off. Take it away. No, no, no. What Hashem is saying is when you do tshuva, it's an internal change in the person that returns to Hashem. That what happens then is, the part of you that sinned, the default, the defect, the, the, the thing that caused you, the weakness that caused you to sin, gets fixed. So that weakness, you don't have anymore. So there's no room for sin. It's not like you sinned, 
And Hashem says, fine, I forgive you. He's wiping it away. But you, you can, in theory, go back and do the same sin again. What it means is that when Hashem forgives you, it means He fixes the part of you that caused you to sin. And that's why the verse says, Toiv v'yosher Hashem. Hashem is good and straight, upright. He shows the sinner the path. What does that mean? And Dover explains beautifully. He says as follows. What is the, what is the ver- word the verse uses when it comes to tshuva? Toiv, toiv. What does toiv mean? Toiv means that Hashem gives to everybody. Everybody. That means the righteous person and the sinner. And like Rebbe brings, that's brought down in many places on Chassidus, that what's the difference between toiv and chesed? Toiv is good. Someone does a good thing. And someone does chesed, kindness. What's the difference between doing good and doing chesed? So Rebbe explains like this. Chesed means that someone has a need. And the person has a need. So you're doing chesed with the person that has the need. So in other words, the chesed is not really coming from you. There's a need and the need calls out for your help so you're doing chesed to the need that's there and so what happens if someone doesn't have a need are you going to do chesed? no, there's no need now once the person has a need so you're not, you're not specific you don't have to give him the third degree about helping him and knows he has any quality he has a real need and, he, uh, and, he, he, and he's a good person so you help him you don't go into all the details but it's coming from the fact that the person has a need. So if there was no one that had a need, you wouldn't do chesed. So chesed means that you have someone that has a need, and you're doing chesed to the person. So chesed represents the makabal, the receiver. Toiv is a whole different reality. Toiv good means the giver. And because you're a giver, you're giving. Who are you giving to? Anybody and everybody. A good person gives. By chesed, there's a need. Okay, fine, so we have to fill the need. Toiv means a person's good and he likes doing good things. He'll, he'll help anybody. He'll do good for anybody. Even somebody that you really shouldn't be helping, unfortunately. Because he's good, so he just gives. No problem. So, one level of chesed is it's really a person needs it. And you're helping. Wonderful. Toiv means you're the giver. You give everybody. But still, there's a giver and a receiver. Yasha means the giver and the receiver is the same thing. There's no giver and receiver. No one's, no one's giving and receiving. It's all one. True is a flow, but it's not like one is a giver and receiver pointed out as the giver and receiver. So that's why when it comes to tshuva, returning to Hashem, where's it coming from? From the place of toiv and yasha. Why? This that we say, that when a person repents, Hashem atones, and the thing that you did intentionally wrong. It's not because you deserve a, a free pass. No, absolutely not. That, that would be, that would be, have to be a chesed idea. It's not because you deserve a free pass. Do you know why, you, you know why the thing you did wrong is being wiped away? And Hashem is fixing what you have wrong there? And Hashem says, just go ahead and repent? Because Hashem is good. And the good one says, guess what? No problem. You repented. No problem. You're good. You're good. He accepts you. Because Hashem is a good, good Hashem is good. In other words, you're drawing down from the infinite light above off the charts. And Hashem is good. You repent, you tell Hashem, I did something wrong. Please help me. Okay, done, voila. You're done. Now, 
On the other hand, when this powerful light of a Babashtashos comes down, what we learned before, it's not that it wipes it away, it actually fix, fixes the part that caused you to sin. It literally fixes the wrong part. Now, the fixing, that has to be done internally. That just can't be the Shem, okay, fine, Shem is good, he's forgiving you. It wouldn't fix you. So in order for it to fix the person, the person should be transformed, that's where the toif gets personalized into the receiver. And that's where chesed is connected to it. Where the person that's receiving it is a vessel for the, for the gift of Hashem. So you have the bridge between the two. On one hand, you have the toif, Hashem says, yes, I forgive you. On the other hand, you have the chesed where the person is actually befitting of the toif for Hashem. Because what he's what he did before is being fixed, it will never happen again. So now that he goes on to explain this even deeper, and he says as follows: This that we say that when a person repents, you're doing something that you did intentionally wrong, gets forgiven, up to the point that what you did wrong actually looks like a beautiful thing. That happens a whole year. A whole year you can do tshuva. We're talking about this powerful thing on Yom Kippur, above Shtalshlas, above nature, comes in, you're totally forgiven. A whole year you can do tshuva. Tshuva is a whole year. And how much more so in the 10 days of tshuva, from Rosh Hashanah until after Yom Kippur, that means the other 9 days of Osiris made tshuva. And we know that's even a higher level of tshuva. So what's the uniqueness of the tshuva of Yom Kippur? So the Rebbe explains very simple. A whole year you have to do tshuva. And you have to work on doing tshuva. On the tenth days of tshuva, people fast and they read extra psalms, extra prayers, and extra charity, etc. The power of tshuva on Yom Kippur, the power of repentance on the on the day of Yom Kippur is that the atonement of Yom Kippur is because of the power of the day. In Hebrew, it's called Itzumay Shalyoim. The power of the day brings atonement. In other words, the the atonement that takes place in Yom Kippur is so powerful. And it's much more powerful than the atonement of regular tshuva. This regular tshuva, a whole year. This tshuva of a made tshuva. And there's the tshuva of Yom Kippur, which is much more powerful just from the power of the day. And that's why Yom Kippur in itself creates tshuva. If that's the case, Yom Kippur is so powerful, the day itself brings atonement. But we know that you, can only, you only get atoned if you return to Hashem. You have to return to Hashem. Why do you have to return? So the truth is the day itself brings the atonement. But in order for it to be penetrate within you, that it should become part of you, that's through tshuva. So Yom Kippur is very, very powerful, much more powerful than the whole year. But in order for it to connect to it, you have to do tshuva. The tshuva, oh, it's like opening a door. Yom Kippur, Hashem forgives you. But if you don't show up, and if you don't open the door, how is the, how is the, how is the, atonement, how is the atonement entering into your life? In other words, like this. What's the reason why that I'm Yom Kippur, everyone gets atoned? You did against the will of Hashem. In the will of Hashem in Hebrew is called Ratzain. You, you did the opposite of the will of Hashem. Because what happens is, Tshuva, when you, rep- when you return, when you return, say, Hashem, Hashem, listen, I want to return, I want to just forget about my, my the whole past. You actually reach... I'll say it in Hebrew, Atzmus Oyrein Saif, the essence of the infinite light of Hashem, which is, and I'll say it in Hebrew, the Baal Harotzain, the owner, 
the person that had the will that you behave should behave in a certain way. Now, since, in other words, Hashem is the Baal HaRatzin. He's the person that had a will. He had a Ratzin. He had a will that you should do these 248 positive commandments. You shouldn't transgress these 365 negative commandments. He wanted you to do 613. You didn't do the mitzvahs he wanted to do. He didn't follow his Ratzin. Or you transgressed. But on Yom Kippur, you reached the Baal HaRatzin. Now, when you reach the Baal HaRatzin, could Hashem say, you know what? I don't care if he didn't do those mitzvahs. Sure he could. He's the one in charge. Hashem made the will. So he could decide, okay, that will didn't have to happen. On Yom Kippur, you reach that level. Now, this that Hashem could say, okay, I don't, you know, even though I originally planned, I wanted you to do every one of the 248 commandments, you missed a few, okay, not the end of the world. That's the real power of Hashem. That's the power of the infinite power of Hashem. In other words, that's the power of Hashem. The power of the infinite light. But that's not really the essence of the infinite light. And if this that Hashem can say, you know what, you didn't have to do it, fine, that's the Baal Harati, but it's not the essence of the infinite light. In other words, like this. This that we say Hashem is, you know, not limited to his want, he, can, he wanted, and he could also not want. No, he's, he's, he's above it. But nevertheless, he wanted it. So he disconnected to his wants. And that's why he's called Baal Harotzin, the person that owns the will. So since he is the one that owns the will, and yes, he can say, I didn't find, I'm okay with you didn't do the will. So you have to do Slich of a Kapara. You have to ask him for atonement. Because you did opposite of the will. There is a connection that he has with the will. He's choosing to let, let go of the will. However, so that's when it comes to the idea of going against the will of Hashem and you're reaching the Baal Harotzin. That's one level in Hashem. Oh, you're in the Baal Harotzin. However, what happens when you reach Atzmus Oyrein Soiv, the essence of the infinite light, which is higher than the fact that he's the Baal Harotzin, the person that had a will? On the deepest level of Hashem, there's no will there. So if there's no will there, there really is no Torah Mitzvah on a certain level, and therefore you never transgressed. No, so let's go. Recap. In the essence of the infinite light, there's no yes, no right, left. There's no rutsling. There's no will. So therefore, there was no sinning. So once you reach that level, you never did anything wrong. On a lower level, where there's a bal harotzayin, Hashem had a will. Okay, and you didn't do it. So he's saying, fine, okay, I'm okay if you didn't do the will. But, but there is a will, and he's playing with the will. On the essence of the infinite light, there's no will there to begin with. And that's what he, that's the definition of itzumay shalyoyim achaper. The essence of the day of Yom Kippur and Tones in other words, the essence of the atonement, because of the essence of the Daniel Kippur, it's not because Hashem says, you know what, I had a will, and you didn't do the will, I'm okay if you didn't do the will. No, no, no. On Yom Kippur, what gets revealed is the connection of the essence of our soul with the essence of Hashem, which is higher than the owner of the will. And on that level, there was you never did anything wrong. Knows the essence of our neshama, which is connected to the essence of Hashem, there was never a rutzing to do anything, and therefore when you didn't do it, you never transgressed it. The essence of our soul and the essence of Hashem is always connected. Why? Because the essence is not about a will, and it's not about you did do or you didn't do. And in Yom Kippur, what comes out is the essence of the Jew. 
And the essence you do is connect with the essence of Hashem. And when the two essences are plugged in, there was never, there was never a will to be done, and never there was nothing, there was nothing, anything wrong done. Now, so if that's the case, that when you're dealing with the essence of Yom Kippur and the essence of the Jew and the essence of Hashem, there was no will to begin with to do a mitzvah, and there was, therefore there was no transgression. So why do you have to do tshuva? Why do you have to repent? There was no will, and you didn't do anything wrong. And the answer is very simple. Well, I say simple, it's deep, but it's practical. And it was like this. How do you fix something which is wrong? You have to reveal the essence of the soul. Because if you don't reveal the essence of the soul, then there's something wrong. So you have to bring out the essence of the soul. Because from the essence of the soul, there's nothing wrong. So you have to bring it out. So, <clears throat> in order to bring out the essence, ha- ha- that has nothing to do with the revealed part of ourself. You have to go for the essence. But in order that you that the truth or the repentance by revealing the essence of the soul should be internalized, because we are a revealed, we have a revealed compartment of our, ourselves. Our heart, head, our heart, our, our body, and all the tense he wrote. So therefore you need to have truva. So truva connects the revealed part of ourselves with the essence of our soul. I know it was like this. On Yom Kippur, our essence of our soul connects with the essence of Hashem. From the essence of our soul, there's no, there's no, you never did anything wrong. But that's so deep. How are you going to know it? So by doing tshuva, you're connecting, you're sinking, your revealed self with your internal self. And by sinking your revealed self with your internal self, you're allowing tshuva to be felt in who you are. Like, how do you know, how do you feel, and how do you relate the fact that you're one with Hashem? By doing tshuva. Tshuva means, you know what? The truth is Hashem, I'm turning to you. And who's turning? Your whole body, your intellect, your emotions. And Deborah goes a step further and he says as follows. That <clears throat> by, by, by drawing down the atonement of the essence of the day into our revealed powers, intellect, emotions, all our spheroids, which happens through tshuva, tshuva is the mechanics that takes the essence and, and makes it real and makes it, uh, makes it something that that's, we can relate to. And it was like this. What is the idea of tshuva? Person, I'm doing tshuva. I'm repenting. Think about this. I'm repenting. Usually people don't like admitting they made a mistake. No one wants to admit they made a mistake. You find every reason why you're right. So by, when a person does tshuva, when a person repents, you're literally going out of your comfort zone. You're going out of your limitations. So when you're going out of your limitations, that's actually elevating who you are. When a person's ready on Yom Kippur to say, you know what, God, I messed up. I want to repent. Whoa, who's talking? Your lower self or your higher self? That's your higher self. So you still didn't affect an awareness in every part of the lower part of yourself. But in order that the atonement of the essence of Yom Kippur 
should affect not only in the part where you're able to go out of your box, where you're able to elevate yourself and say you did something wrong, but it should literally go into even the external part of yourself where you don't have that awareness and that clarity. So therefore, you need to come on to the component of the mitzvah of tshuva. Because when you, you're aware, so that's already a higher level. The mitzvah of tshuva saying is, you know what? Even though I'm not holding in that level, but there's a mitzvah today to do tshuva, I'm accepting acceptance that reaches every part of you because what is acceptance saying I don't understand it I don't agree with it but I'm accepting it and we know it in Yom Kippur everybody's obligated to do tshuva so what happens in Yom Kippur is we take a stand I'm accepting so what, what you're doing then is you're taking from the deepest part of Hashem the deepest part of your soul and literally you're bringing it to your whole conscious and your whole real conscious that actually is comfortable with the sinning part and by accepting that you did something wrong, by doing the mitzvah of tshuva, that fuses the essence of who you are, the essence of your soul, the essence of and the re- and and the revealed part of who you are. And Rebbe says, it's interesting is that these three components that we have in Yom Kippur, we find the same three components when it comes to blowing the shofar on, on Rosh Hashanah. Why? Because what do you have? You have the mitzvah of blowing the shofar. You're accepting. You're doing the, you, It's a mitzvah to blow shofar. You're blowing the shofar. Then you have the component of repentance, where that's already, you know, you're, you're doing the spiritual work of, re, of, of returning to Hashem. And then you have the internal um, uh, uh, acceptance from the essence of your soul. So you see you have all three levels. You have the acceptance from the essence of your soul with the essence of Hashem. You have the tshuva, which is already the higher part of yourself, where you're ready to return to Hashem. And then you have the mitzvah of Tzkiah Shefer, which is just like in Yom Kippur. You have the essence of our soul connects with the essence of Hashem. The higher components of us that we're ready to do tshuva. And then the mitzvah of tshuva, we're ready to accept. And based on this, Rebbe explains that this is the, what we say on, on Yom Kippur, that the high priest made the, the, the eight sprinklings in the Holy of Holies. How did he do it? We said, one on high and seven below. What does one on high represent? It represents the Yechida. We know in the Neshama you have Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama, Chai, Yechida. The highest part is Yechida. So the one on high represents the Yechida, the essence of your soul, which is one with the essence of Hashem. And the seven below, after you connect to Yechida, that comes first. It's the goal is to reveal the Yechida, which is above Ishtalshlos of the person, above nature, should come down into the revealed parts, into the natural part of the person. So based on this, Rebbe explains very powerfully, okay, just to recap real quick. So the Rebbe is saying is this, and Yom Kippur is three things that take place. Our essence of our soul connects to the essence of Hashem, inspires us to do tshuva, that's really the higher part of us that's ready to do tshuva, and the part that's not ready, we do it as a mitzvah, we're accepting, just like Rosh Hashanah. So based on, and the Rebbe said, that's really the avoid of Yom Kippur, achas the yechida, the essence, and from there it goes down into who we are. Based on this, Rebbe explains as follows. This is the difference between the three components that we learned before about Shmini, above nature. What were the three components above nature? So the first component was the component above nature of circumcision, which we said is a mitzvah. The second one was shmini of tshuva, where you're repenting, which fixes actually the mitzvahs. And then you have the eighth day of Yom Kippur. In other words, circumcision is a mitzvah. Circumcision, again, is above nature, shmini, but it's still a mitzvah. Now, when Hashem created the world, what was the intent for Hashem creating the world? The intent was that we should do mitzvahs. 
And when we do mitzvahs, we learned before, you bring down yud kei bav kei into the world. So therefore, all the revelation that you do through yud kei bav kei bringing into the world, even the mitzvah of circumcision, which is above nature, it's not a new light. That was the plan. Hashem had this plan. It's huge, and we need to do it, and it's above nature, and yud kei bav kei in the world. But it's nothing new. That was the plan of Hashem. Why? Because that was the intent of the creation. That we should bring down above nature into the world by doing mitzvahs. Now, even though when you do a mitzvah, all the mitzvahs, you're bringing down yud bav into the world, and circumcision, you're actually bringing in from a higher of yud bav Like we know the famous discourse from the Alter Rebbe in Torah, the Alter Rebbe says, the verse says, Mi yale lanu hashamayma. Who is going to go up to heaven? So if you take the first letters of me, Yala, Lano, Hashemaima, as the Rosh Hashemaimah, the beginning of the first letters, spells out Mila. That's the first of me, Yala, Hashemaimah. If you take the last letters of me, Yala, Lano, Hashemaimah, it's Yudke, Vavke. So no, Yudke, Vavke is the last letters. Mila is the first letters. So you see that Mila's circumcision is actually higher than Yudke, Vavke. So even though you're going to say, what do you mean? All the mitzvahs bring down Yudke, Vavke. Mila brings down higher than Yudke, Vavke, and that's correct. But since when Hashem created the world from the beginning was the plan that you should do circumcision and circumcision should bring down this light above, above Yudkei Bavkei so therefore Yudkei Bavkei has a connection to the world. In other words like this. The truth is even this infinite light above the connection to the world has a connection to, to the world. Why? And it's all a part of Yudkei Bavkei because we know that Yudkei Bavkei one of the names of the powerful name of Hashem is in the word of Mahaba Hashem creates. Now there's two levels in creation. One is when we say Hashem creates, doesn't mean Hashem is creating. From Hashem, creation comes. That's not who Hashem is. Hashem is much higher. But from Hashem, everything happens. The second component is Hashem has a will to create the world. Now, since Hashem's will is that this revelation should come into the world through circumcision, so it's also part of Yudkei Bavkei. It was all part of the will of Hashem. Even though the, the, the circumcision brings some, a higher than Yudkei Bavkei, but nevertheless, it's part of the will of Hashem. So again, to recap, you see clearly that Mila, even though it's above nature, but the fact is that even though it's above nature, <coughs> even, though, even though circumcision is above nature, but nevertheless, it's connected to the world. And that was the intent of the world. The intent of the world was that Yud Kei Bav should come to the world through circumcision. That's the first level. What's a, in a deeper level, a higher level? You have the level of the above nature of truth of repentance. Because in Mila and circumcision, you're not bringing anything new, even though it's a very high level, because it was part of the mitzvah plan. It was part of the plan. There's, no, there's nothing new revolutionary idea. However, when it comes to repentance, that's a new light. Why? Because when a person goes ahead and sins, and he transgresses against Hashem, which is not the intent. Hashem doesn't want people to sin. Hashem made us, He wants us to be straight. Do what Hashem wants you to do. But then, unfortunately, after you sinned, you go ahead and you do tshuva, you repent. Ah, that's already a chiddush. Because you're, you're repenting. So you bring in a brand new light that was not when Hashem created the world. But nevertheless, this light that you're bringing in, regular tshuva, where does it come from? It comes from the Baal Haratzayin, the one that's in charge of the will, the one that owns the will, and he has a connection with the Ratzin and the intent of the, of, the, of the world. So again, Mila, circumcision, no new light. 
but it's huge. Repentance in general, a new life, but it's connected to where Hashem has a connection to the world. Then you have above nature of Yom Kippur, where we say the essence of the day brings atonement. What is that? That you're revealing the essence of the infinite light, which is higher than the Balarats, and you're going to the essence of the, the uh, atmosphere and Saif. But nevertheless, when was this revealed on Yom Kippur? When the Kohen God went into the Holy of Holies. So therefore, even the, the, the eight of Yom Kippur, which comes after the seven days of his prep before Yom Kippur, in other words, so even this powerful level of Yom Kippur, which is above Ishtal Shalos, has a connection to the Baal Rossing, because it's connected to the seven days of creation. However, when the priest was in the Holy of Holies, and he made the seven sprinklings, and he did one on high, and then afterwards he did seven below, now you're reaching off the charts. So you see there's different levels in, in above nature. Circumcision, nothing new. <clears throat> then you have when a person does tshuva, wow, it's something new. Then you have the true of Yom Kippur, which already you're reaching even higher, but still has a connection to the world. And the highest levels, when the Koyan Gadol goes in and he sprinkles one on high, that means he's going to the deepest above nature, not connected to nature, and he brings it down to the world. So based on this, the Rebbe explains why it says, in the beginning of the discourse, based on the Torah, it says, Adam lo No Adam, no one should be into the tent of meeting when the high priest comes in to create atonement. Why? What are we saying? No one should be there. Even those that it says in the prophets that the angels that have the face of an Adam, when shouldn't they be there? Not a whole year. A whole year they can be there. It should only, when they shouldn't, when the Kayan Gadol is there. On the Holy of Holies, when he's doing the atonement of one above, when he's connecting to above nature, which has no connection to the world. Why? Because the connection of above nature that took place in the Holy of Holies normally has a connection to the world. And therefore, there, there's room for an angel to be there. However, when the Koyun Gondel goes in, Anyam Kippur, and when the Koyun Gondel does his work, of, of he's bringing down atonement for the Jewish people. So what he's revealing is at that moment the essential connection of every soul with the essence of the essence of the infinite light of Hashem. And when you're dealing with the essence of the infinite light of Hashem, there's no room for any angels. As we say, Yisrael umalka b'chodei. The Jewish people and God alone. There's no room. The essence of our soul the essence of Hashem, when that's connected, there's no room for anyone or anything else. And therefore, then at that moment, that powerful moment, when the essence of the Jewish soul is connected with the essence of Hashem, no one should be in a tent of meeting. Even those that have an image of an Adam, they're not an Adam, they're an angel, they have an image, and therefore they cannot be there. And Rabbi Anzani says, we know that on the... Uh, on Yom Kippur, by the Ne'ilah service, the last prayer service is called Ne'ilah, this powerful light is shining more than the previous prayer service of, of Mincha and Hamachu, and we're talking specifically the Muslim prayer service. And during the Muslim prayer service, we know we say this, the, the, the whole, we read about the Avoida of Yom Kippur, of the Kain Gadol Yom Kippur. Why is that? That only in Ne'ilah. 
because the five prayer services in Yom Kippur is referring to the five levels of the soul, starting from the lowest, Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama, Chai, Yechida. The first three levels, Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama, is on the le- the first three prayers is the level of Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama. Musaf, on the other hand, is in the level of Chaya, and Yechida is when we pray Ne'ilah. And that's one of the reasons the Rebbe says why it's actually called Ne'ilah. What does Ne'ilah mean? It's closed. Because all the gates are closed. And even the greatest creations of Hashem cannot come in there. Only Ne'ilah is Yisrael Omalka B'chodei. The only one that's connected at that time in Ne'ilah. And that's why we know we have the most powerful experiences in the prayer service in Ne'ilah. Because it's just us and Hashem. No one else is in that part of that relationship. And based on there, so Rebbe finished off, that's why it says in the Zoyar, on the verse in the Torah where it says, When Yosef, after many, many years of not being with his brothers, and he revealed himself to his brothers, so the Torah says, no ish, no man was able to stand there, stood there, when Yosef revealed himself to his brothers. So the Zohar says as follows, on that verse, the time when Kaddish Baruch, when Hashem connects to the Jewish people, begin kach on that level. When is that? That's in the Yom Hashmini Atzeres, the end of Sukkot. And the Rebbe said, you could say that this that Hashem connects with the Jewish people, that is the revelation of the Yechida, the essence of our soul, the internal connection with the essence of our soul, with the essence of Hashem. And it's possible to say that the reason why it's connected to Yosef, why, this is a powerful connection. Why is it saying reference to Yosef? Because Yosef, we know, why is Yosef called Yosef? Because Hashem said, Yosef Hashem li bein acher. It says in the Torah, he was called Yosef because his mother prayed that what? That Hashem should add to me another son. What does it mean Hashem should add to me another son? So literally means she wanted another son. But we know the spiritual insight is that Acher, the stranger, should become a son. All the people that are estranged from Hashem, Yosef Hashem Liacher, any and everyone that's estranged from Hashem, should be brought back in to be a son of Hashem. How does that happen? Because when there's the revelation of the essential connection, the essence of the Jew, Bisvadel Yosef, Yosef is revealing himself to his brothers. So what happens then? What gets revealed is that the Acher, the one that we look as a stranger, the one that they, someone that thinks they're a stranger, what gets revealed? They're really a son. It might look like a stranger, but when you get to the essence of the soul, there's no strangers. Everybody is a son with Hashem. There is no stranger when it comes to the essence of our neshama and the essence of Hashem. There's no stranger. There's no one that's different. There's no strange. No, everyone is connected with Hashem on the deepest level. And when does that get revealed? Shmini Atzeres, the last day of Sukkot. And we all know that in Shmini Atzeres, you have all the components of Rosh Hashanah and Kippur is in Shmini Atzeres. However, the difference is Rosh Hashanah and Kippur it's serious days. But on Shmini Atzeres, this is so important, it all goes through which channel? The channel of Simcha. And that's the power of Shmini Atzeres. Because when you're in a level of Simcha, all these strange, all the externalities come through, you connect to the essence. And therefore, specifically it says, On Shmini Atzeres, we connect to Hashem on that level. 
as the verse says, "You we're going to be totally one with Hashem, and no one else will be connected on that powerful level. So obviously this is a very, very powerful Hasidic discourse, definitely a preparation of Yom Kippur, where we can get ready to become one with Hashem on the most deepest levels, and we become one with Hashem, there is no sin, there's no disconnection, we're connected on the deepest level. And the goal is to bring that practically into our lives, and our intellect, and our emotions, and interactions, and we have that, we will have the greatest Yom Kippur, the greatest relation with Hashem, will have the greatest year. Thanks so much for joining us for our weekly class in Chassidus. And let's hope, as we always finish off, and sincerely, that hopefully our next class will be in your Shalayim Erech with Mashiach Tzadkenu, and as the Rebbe says, Yisrael Umalka B'chodei. Have a great and blessed week, and have an easy fast.